Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm your host, Megan Gray, and this is the music podcast where I get to know the people behind the music. In each episode, I speak to a different band, artist, or music professional about their experiences so far within the industry. Each guest creates an exclusive playlist full of their most life-defining songs. That way we can hear all about the music and moments that have made them the people and musicians that they are today. Hello, and welcome back to the Vocal Girls podcast. This is the last episode of our Music in Isolation series. It's been so much fun making this and being able to speak to the artists whilst they're in lockdown. So I really hope that you've enjoyed listening and hopefully it's provided some sort of comfort from the weirdness of the world right now. This week, I'll be speaking to the amazing pop artist, Betsy Gold. With a wide range of musical influences from Blondie to Billie Eilish, Betsy is defining a generation of what she calls bitch pop. Her live history boasts main stage appearances at big festivals like Reading and Leeds and Truck, and she's even open for her musical heroes, Bon Jovi, on their tour in 2017. I can't wait to chat to Betsy and hear about how she's been coping in lockdown and what's made it onto her musical playlist. I've been okay. I'm not in the city, so it hasn't felt as intense like lots of my friends that still live in London and they've stayed there. Um, they said like obviously the parks are absolutely rammed whereas I'm in the countryside and I can go on a dog walk and not see anyone so mm. in that sense it kind of it feels normal to go out like that it's just not being able to see family not being able to see friends I can't go to London and yeah I do feel like it's quite a different experience being in London I feel like also people that have left London and come out are, are quite nervous to come back to it I can imagine so it seems everything that you see like it it's like around here but on steroids in London yeah so it's kind of like I was I'm freaked out by London anyway because I've just grown up in the countryside and it's always been too busy for me yeah so now the thought of like and there's a killer virus there it's like (laughs) it's like okay I'll stay away I don't know how you're finding but like I feel like with the new sort of slightly relaxed rules as well it's almost just a bit it's kind of weird because it's like you have to get used to living with risk yeah it's really weird, like, I don't know if you've had this, but I've dreamt about, like, people being too close and me being like, oh, no, you need to move away. Like, mm. considering we've had our whole lives of everything being fine, and then now I'm, like, dreaming about people being too close. And when they said, like, you can hang out with five other people, it's like, oh, that's great. But it's like, but then that's, like, how many people are they all hanging out with? What if they come too close? And it's all this, like, oh. Well, exactly, because it's now it's like you can do things and it's not illegal to do things, but every time that you do things, you feel guilty about it or you feel anxious yeah. after you've done it because you're like well uh how how many weeks have I got to wait now to, just exactly. to see if I get sick or whatever so earlier on I went to my parents house for the first time in I haven't seen them in so long so we sat in the garden and I was like this feels weird like yeah I, I don't need to speak quietly like I'm actually allowed to be in your garden yeah. but it felt really weird like I haven't and I can't hug them still yeah. so it's still like you're going over I haven't seen you in ages and we're just sat there like I, know, I thought this would feel so more normal, wrong, but it does it? actually still feel really weird. Yeah. Hopefully when it all goes, it'll be like easy to go back into not being scared of everything. Because right now, like I, my anxiety levels are higher than normal. 100%. So. If you've already got like an anxious frame of mind anyway, this is just like feeding into feeding into all of that. It's just everything is different to what we used to. Mm. It's like, I don't know, it's really odd. And then... It's funny because you're like, oh, I can't wait for it to end. And then they announce that they're relaxing and you're like, oh, is that too soon? <laughs> You've been engaging with, um, you're following quite a lot, haven't you, during yes. lockdown? It's become like my main thing that I'm spending my time doing because I was so freaked out by the idea of lockdown and like you can't go out and you can't see people. that I just thought, well, other people must be feeling similar. 
Mm. And I've got the time now to talk to people, like not just saying, oh, thanks for listening, like to actually get to know them and find out where they're from, like, and hopefully just come out the end of this with people like knowing people and not just them coming to my gigs and me not and me like recognizing them but I know them yeah. and like it's the like the least I can do when people take the time to listen to my music or don't download it and stuff so I've been really enjoying just connecting with so many more people and I it just makes me even more excited for when it's all finished that yeah we can finally all get together and it'll be like a proper community thing and I just I cannot wait for that day <laughs> like with my social media I've Usually not so, like, I keep, I have, like, barriers and, like, I don't put everything online, mm. which is, I it, I think is good. Yeah, but definitely. whenever I've been feeling, like, really shit and panicked about stuff, I thought I'm going to put it on there and let people yeah. know because I think it's important. And, like, because so many people, and I'm, I've been saying it, like, it's a weird time, don't beat yourself up about it, but I have beaten myself up about yeah. not wanting to do stuff. So I thought, well, like... I just want the other people to know that it's fine and I need to yeah. like practice what I preach with that as well because I know it's really difficult to when you're used to being productive not feeling mm. productive and yeah that was a really long-winded thing no 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 <laughs> it makes no it makes so much sense and I think like I think one thing that a lot of people are finding about this time is that you know, because there is so much, you know, really, really awful stuff going on and some yeah. people's whole lives have been sort of turned upside down. I think if you feel bad about it in any way, you start, you then feel there's quite a lot of guilt associated with feeling bad about it. Yeah, and, um, absolutely. I've definitely had that. Like when I've had down days because I couldn't go to, can't go to my festival with my friends. I'm exactly. like, stop being such a dick, Megan. Like this is so much worse for so many people. But on the other hand, it's like that, that those are the joys that, make your life worth yeah. living in a way it's so funny it's like... I was talking to my producer yesterday about this because I was saying like there's so much awful stuff going on that then I feel guilty about being upset that I'm not able to go and gig and then I'm like feeling bad that I yeah. feel upset about that because it's so stupid yeah. she was like but you're allowed to have stuff that makes you upset yeah it's, so, it's all like, relative it's some- yeah it's something that's important to you it's just, it's a really vicious cycle of, yeah. oh, I wish I was gigging. Oh, I'm a dick for wishing that. There's people unable to get food. Yeah, and yeah, it's, uh... I know. But it kind of, I think guilt perpetuates anxiety anyway. So if you're feeling low and yeah. you feel guilty about feeling low, it's, it's only yeah. going to make it worse. So I think just kind of giving Spirals. yourself that space. Yeah, so giving yourself that space to just be like, you know, it's okay to feel shit because it's actually a really shit time. Yeah. Um, and on that note, <laughs> what, um, <laughs> what have been your kind of positives that you've taken from this whole experience? So, like, like I was saying, connecting with loads of people, that's been my number one that I've really enjoyed mm. is, like, building up. That I don't... I, it's weird, like, the word fan I find really weird because, mm. I don't know, it just makes me feel a bit like, it's <laughs> a funny word. Yeah. Just chatting to loads of people. I've loved doing that. I've loved taking loads of time to to like find loads of nice vegan recipes and trying new food and stuff which I would never normally do before I always stick to the same meals mm. so I've been enjoying like actually making proper food <laughs> yeah so many people and, have uh, said that it's such like such a common thing yeah I haven't made any bread though I know everyone was making loads of sourdough and like I just cannot bake at oh, all yeah, no. I was telling Katie the other day because she was telling me that she made some cookies and I was like the last time I tried to bake it was these sweet potato brownies and it literally was just brown slop <laughs> like I don't know what I did wrong because I followed the recipe and then because I've gone wrong so many times I was like I'm not baking again this isn't it's not making me feel good I actually had I, I wonder if it's the same recipe I actually also tried to make sweet potato like chocolate cake thing yeah that was a vegan recipe and I had the same thing. It tasted like mud. Like, it was horrible. Yeah, and it didn't look nice. And I, and I just thought, you know what? There's people that make really nice stuff that I can go and buy from them. So Exactly. Let, I'll, let the stick, I'll stick to, to that. Yeah, that's what's happened in my house. My Both my housemates are, like, incredible cooks. And I'm yeah. the worst cook. And honestly, every time I try, it's, like, it's like ridiculous how bad it goes. It's like a comedy And it doesn't sketch. make me feel good. You know, everyone's like, you should do baking. Yeah. Like, no, it doesn't make me feel good because I suck at it. So I, I don't know. want to do it. I find it so stressful. People are like, oh, it's so relaxing. I'm like, no, it's fucking not. No. And it's so messy. I know. So yeah. I stay away from that. Just normal 
normal food. I haven't done anything like super adventurous, but it's just been nice having the time to like, oh, I've got like over an hour to make all my dinner instead of trying to rush yeah. things like and just taking those along dog walks and stuff yeah. been loving doing that and like two hour walks instead of like an hour a day I've just been I've got all the time to just explore so I wanted to ask how you kind of originally got into music because I read somewhere that you were playing in bands since you were 13. Yeah so my brother played guitar and and so like he was listening to like Blink 182 and all this stuff and so it was like cover stuff we were doing. Our band had the worst name it was called Brood in the UK because he read it on a (laughs) Foster's can and because I was so young I was like yeah cool whatever oh my god that is the worst name and um he basically it's like all songs that he wanted to learn and I was like I want to play Taylor Swift so I'm gonna (laughs) teach myself guitar I had one lesson with him and we fell out so bad that my mum was like no you're not teaching her anymore and uh, so I I started teaching myself guitar and got away from just having to continuously sing all the small things over and over again (laughs) with my brother (laughs) but yeah so like how I got like really into doing music stuff was um, a friend of mine at school. This sounds so weird. Everyone thinks this is weird. Played me uh, Bon Jovi, like greatest hit. And I was like, oh my God, this songwriting. Well, I probably didn't say songwriting because I was a tiny child. <laughs> but I was like, I I listened to the words and I was like, oh, I really like what they're saying. Mm. And um, I just knew that I wanted to do what they were doing, but I didn't really know what that meant. I just wanted to do it. That's amazing. Sometimes I wish like when you were a kid, and you first discovered music that you really connected with because everyone has these stories where they like heard a song and they really listened to it for the first time I kind of yeah. wish you could go back and see yourself in that moment because it must be like so weird for like a child to really like yeah connect with something it's like I love watching when kids dance at weddings and stuff because it's so pure yeah. because they don't know why they're feeling the need to like move around yeah. and they're like they don't care about anyone looking at them and like when you see little toddlers and they're just dancing it's like I wish we never lost that I know because it's know. so pure of like oh they're just enjoying what they're listening to and moving around and they don't know why it's great it just is I know it's so lovely so it was Bon Jovi really then sounds like yeah I love Bon Jovi. Everyone always finds that so funny, but I stand by it. No. <laughs> and I was going to say, I didn't you open? Yeah, so I kind of made it like my mission. I said to my mum, I want to open for them. And she was like, okay, <laughs> sure. And I kind of like made it my mission that that was going to be something I did because they inspired me to do music. And I basically just kind of badgered them until they're like, fine, Jesus. That's so cool. It was crazy. And literally, this is like my strongest memory from it is when I got to the top of the stairs on the stage and I tripped over a cable in front of everyone there oh no so something had to happen like that because otherwise it would have been too good oh that just makes you so much more human though oh god it's like you're opening for Bon Jovi but you fell over that's that's great every time I think about it it makes my heart beat really fast it makes me feel really uncomfortable because I was like I can't believe that just happened oh (laughs) still warning you it is oh gross I mean were you like you must have been so nervous I was really scared and the thing like I'm really weird you know it's like fight or flight or freeze Mm. or whatever when stuff makes me jump I like I faint a lot of the time I don't like so I was like I'm gonna pass out on stage and I could like I was so terrified that that was gonna happen but when we got up and the, the lights were so bright that I could only see like the floor I couldn't see all around the arena so I was like okay and also I said to my guitarist I was like well there's going to be no one there because no one really comes for the opening act like it'll only be half full and he was like that's 10,000 people I was like oh, don't say that. <laughs> and then they turned the lights on at the end they turned the house lights on so that like you could see who you played to and, and it was completely full and I was like fuck oh, that's like but I didn't faint that doesn't feel like it happened at all It was like, I can see myself doing it. I can't, like, when I imagine it, it's not like me looking out, if that makes sense. It's kind of like I'm seeing it. Um, The whole day was mental. Like, I remember we were given, like, this ridiculous dressing room and they had loads of, like, Oreos in there. And I was like, oh, my God, this is... (laughs) Wow! I couldn't believe it. Like, all the dingy green rooms that we've been in that just stink of piss. (laughs) And we had our own sofa and Oreos. It was mental. And then we got to meet the band and stuff and they were just really nice. And But the whole thing was mad. 
it is weird isn't it when you sometimes when you get so nervous for things you almost do have a bit of an out-of-body experience you're just like it's almost like your adrenaline just takes care of it and then afterwards you're like it doesn't even feel like you that it happened to yeah it's kind of like it's kind of sad in a way that it feels like that because I I want to like really remember everything but Mm. I it was so there was so much to like take in that it's Mm. impossible to like remember it all and I just I can just see us on the stage and we played so fast because we were just shitting ourselves my drum was like (laughs) (laughs) and so our set just like flew by but yeah it was really fun and like a super cool thing that because they were the ones that made me want to write music so I wanted to make that happen for myself like that I got to open for the people that inspired me to do what I'm doing that's a real full circle moment that's so that's really really cool yeah I appreciate that it happened a lot it was awesome and so do you generally like enjoy performing them because a lot of people I've spoken to I feel like I'm always assuming people will be like yeah it's the best feeling in the world and quite a lot of people have said like no for a long time I really hated it how how do you feel about it I love it once I'm out on stage and I've got the first line out I before every gig I have to take time just completely on my own to tell myself that I can do it because mm. I get so worked up with what ifs which is mm. so stupid and I I try so hard not to do that and um it's getting myself out there is really difficult and I it's I really have to force myself to get out on stage and then once I'm out and I've sung the first line then I completely feel totally comfortable and like super excited by the fact that I'm on stage and nothing else crosses my mind apart from what is going that's the thing that's great about yeah being on stage is you're not thinking about anything you're not thinking about like I need to feed my cat when I get home or like <laughs> anything like that is you're just in the moment with all of those people that are there mm. like watching you and it's like it's a really addictive feeling but getting out there I I still struggle with and I really have to just be on my own and be like I say it out loud to myself I go you can do it like I have to say it out loud to myself because like part of me is like no you can't you're gonna yeah 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 Yeah, everyone's got that voice sometimes it's louder than others (laughs) yeah it's uh very frustrating I'm, I'm hoping that like the more I do the easier it'll be to get out but I mean I kind of enjoy the feeling of like the dread of going yeah. on stage because it's so euphoric being out there afterwards and I think like if I didn't feel all the nerves maybe it wouldn't feel so exciting being out there yeah so. and I think yeah and then you wouldn't feel so like you'd done something so amazing because it is that thing yeah. of, like when you push yourself out of your comfort zone it's fucking horrible at the time but then you just yeah. feel so amazing afterwards so yeah, yeah. and then afterwards yeah you're like oh I want to do it again yeah I'm afraid that you're very much into a bit of crowd surfing. Yeah, that's so... I'm so stupid, basically. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're not. Just, that's amazing. <laughs> it's just a... But, like... So, when we play live, we... Like, my band is incredible. They are ridiculous musicians. And my drummer, I just kind of tell him to just go, like... He's so talented. Just go for it. Like... And so, everything's kind of a bit heavier when we play live. And um, I kind of just take inspiration from the bands that I really like that put on a proper show... And it was like, it was my first uh, headline gig and it was a tiny venue. It was the Servant Jazz Quarters. Like the stage is only literally like that high. <laughs> and at the end I was like, I'm jumping in the crowd. I'm going to do it. And the ceiling is so low as well. And I just did it and they like lifted me up and it was so funny and stupid. I basically just do it to make my band laugh as well. Like I always <laughs> I look back at them and like rock out just to make them laugh because it's so it's a pop gig like what am I doing but I like how uh, nervous it makes me I stand on the barriers and I like grab someone's hand and my knees are shaking so much I'm like you have to do it now you're up here now and uh, then I just kind of drop backwards but I had a gig in December and um, the, it was a massive room and so people weren't right up at the barriers and mm. it was really annoying me that they weren't coming forward so I stood on the barrier and I said if you don't come forward I'm gonna die and I just threw myself backwards and they all ran forward and caught me and they're like what the fuck is she doing but I knew they were gonna catch me you're not gonna let someone smash That's their head some over serious trust in your but, um, fan base it's, kind of, it's just showing off to my band to make them laugh <laughs>
to bitch pop a lot on your Instagram and you have it tattooed. Is that Do right? You. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there in, in person. What's that mean to you, that phrase? So it's kind of like the genre that I class my music as because me and Katie, who I do all my writing with, and she's my producer and she's incredible. Um, like we created my sound together mm. and it's pop, but like I always use the word dank. That's how I like I explain it. <laughs> I like having some dank stuff on my songs <laughs> and like I want to write what I want to write and I don't want to be confined into stuff just because it's pop music or what, like any genre, I think any artist like if you're feeling a certain way that day like you Mm. create a song that matches that and that's kind of like where it came from I wanted to reclaim the word because obviously like we get called bitches all the time in songs Mm. and not in not in a nice way (laughs) and it's like no this is bitch pop this is what I do I'm making all the decisions doing it and also whenever me and Katie do something in a session that we like we always go yes bitch that's it that's the one (laughs) I was like bitch pop there we go so you're kind of reclaiming the word and using it positively yeah like it's my thing and Mm. I want people to like be in that world with me of like being confident in doing what you're doing and not caring about like if everyone's gonna love it or like Mm. you're staying true to yourself so yeah that's what that's what it means to me anyway I love that and my dad hates the tattoo so much I went to his house and he I just had it done the day before and he poked it and it hurt and he went bitch pop could you not have just got your own name? And uh, yeah, so now I've got bitch on my arm and they're mortified. <laughs> That's such like a dad thing to do, just like poke he, it. <laughs> I was like, why did you do that? But yeah, he was not impressed, not impressed at all. Well, I think it's it's winning, isn't it, if it's not impressing your parents? Exactly. They also, <laughs> they, they hate the colour of my hair as well. So as long as they're upset with stuff, then it's I'm the right decision. Right. <laughs> Whenever they're like that looks nice I'm like well that needs to be changed straight away (laughs) so you recently released your single Friday the 13th yes um and then you've just done a piano version of that haven't you as well yeah so I got really like sad about (laughs) being like not around people and I felt really low for the week and so I contacted Katie and I was like do you want to just do a sad piano version and just let's get all emo and put it out there because the song like even though it's like super poppy and like fun the lyrics Mm. are actually quite like I do all this destructive stuff and it's not good so the piano version kind of like I felt brought that out but I was just I wanted to considering I was feeling so down I wanted to do something worthwhile Mm. so I was like I'm gonna just I want to I want to record and release this so then I don't feel totally like about yeah feeling that's definitely a good thing to do especially if it's like it's being true to your feelings whilst also doing something productive. Yeah, and no, I think it's so easy to, like, release stuff really quick now as well that, like, I have the time to, like, yeah. promote it from home and stuff. Why not? And um, I had so much fun doing the video for, like, the official version because it was when we were supposed to... We had everything planned. We were supposed to do this really cool video and I had some actors and stuff. And it, obviously everything had to be cancelled mm. because couldn't go near anyone. And... Um, so I was like, I was talking to my bassist is an amazing videographer and I was talking to him like, I don't know how to get people involved. I think I want, and I, I was like, I think I want to send people the song and have them film themselves listening to it and having a nice time and like singing along. And um, I filmed myself listening to it, dancing around like an idiot in my living room. And behind me in my living room, I've got like a gallery wall of all these photo frames. Yeah. And I sent the video to my bassist. He was just going to put loads of clips together. And he was like, send me a photo of your living room wall and I was like oh is that your living room wall in the video yeah so so I sent him a picture and he put all of the videos in those frames and he didn't tell me that he was going to do it like that and he sent me like a preview and I was like oh my god that is so cool and I had so many people messaging like what app did you use I was like I didn't my basis is just a genius (laughs) (laughs) it was just a it was like a fun way of like I was really sad about releasing the song and it not being how it was supposed to be and not being mm. able to do the video. And also I was supposed to have like the secret show at the beginning of April and that obviously had to be cancelled. And so I've never played the song live. Like no one's ever heard it live. So I was like, I want to involve people somehow so it doesn't feel like this lonely experience. And it was really fun. And when I first saw the video, I'm such a 
like I'm so emotional it's embarrassing I cry at everything but I cried because I was like I can't believe people took the time to actually dance to it and like learn the words no it's but so lovely it's... I watch it whenever I feel like whenever I feel a bit lonely I'm like I'm gonna watch the video again it's kind of like a circular thing of your music helping people and people enjoying your music helping you exactly like it means so much when people actually take the time to listen to stuff and they choose to listen to it and then even more so when they're like hey I love that and it's like Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that must feel amazing. Do you get nervous before you put out records? I get really nervous. I, like, I get this thing of like, oh, maybe this isn't the right one, it shouldn't be going out. But it's I'm really weird, because as soon as I write something, if I like it, I'm like, this has to go out now, I need people to yeah. hear it. And I, like, once I get something in my head, it has to happen. So everyone that works with me probably finds me infuriating, So I'm like, this has to be finished now, we have to do this quickly, because yeah. I want it out. But then when it gets to the time where it comes out, I'm like, was this the right decision? And they're like, are you fucking kidding? You just like, you got us to do a turnaround in two weeks. <laughs> but like, I did a, a live stream um, coming up to midnight for when the song came out and I sang it live just before midnight and my hand, like I was shaking. I was holding a microphone and my hand was shaking so much. I was like, oh my God, I'm such a loser. Oh my God. I think live streams are terrifying anyway. That I get so scared doing live streams. It I'm doesn't matter how many people are on there. Like, I get nervous doing stuff like this because when I'm singing, I know what the words are. Mm. And when I'm talking, I don't know what's going to come out my mouth. And it really concerns me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say that's going to be really stupid. But, um, yeah, I, I, I talk a lot. That's the beauty of talking to me, I suppose. You never know. <laughs> What's going to happen? In terms of your writing process for records, how does that how does that usually work? So I met my co-writer last February by accident um, because I had a session in London and I got to London and it was cancelled and I was like, well, I'm here now. Like, mm. what am I supposed to do? And I'd heard of Katie and I, I bumped into her at a Heim gig a few months before, like super random at Ali Pali, considering there's all these people there. And I was like, oh, I recognise that girl. And we said hello briefly. And I, I was like, she has a writing room in London. And I messaged her on the off chance. It was a, a Sunday as well. And I was like, are you free? Like, I've had this session cancelled on me. She was like, yeah, sure, come over. And um, so we wrote only one, which was the second song that I released. Mm. And I was like, well, this is like the easiest session I've ever had, considering I don't know this person. And then, so we kept doing sessions and everything we were writing, I was like, well, I want to release this. I want to release this. Like, I'd never had such a flow before with someone. And we just like, we've become like best friends and stuff since. It's so good. Like, I can't imagine not having her have like a part of my songs, even if she hasn't written the song she will always do the production or add some production on there because mm. I she helped create the sound that I didn't I didn't know exactly how I wanted it to be and other people didn't understand what I was saying and she mm. just got it and um so wow that's so she amazing is, to find that it's like I feel so insanely lucky she works so hard and she is the quickest producer I've ever worked with like I leave a session with her like with the song 80% finished and she listens to what every artist that she's writing with, she listens to what they have to say because she's like, well, it's your song. And you like, you need to have it how you want it. Whereas mm-hmm. I've worked with so many producers where they're like, I'll have an idea. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. And then an hour later, they're like, oh, I've got this idea. And you're like, I bet it's, <laughs> bet it's the one that I had an hour ago that you all ignored. And um, so, yeah, we we get to hers. We talk about loads of stuff like just for ages we eat loads of hummus and breadsticks that's our fuel for a writing session and we come up with like it's either something's going on in her life or like a story from like I'll tell her something's going on with my mate something's going on with me and we just come up with these like fun stories and songs that I'm super proud of and I like I owe so much of it to her because she's so talented and really hard working and just listens to everything that I have to say and I say a lot so (laughs) that sounds like so much fun it is I miss it so much I've got a a writing session with her over zoom this week and it's just it's so difficult because we have so Mm. much fun and we laugh so much and I just I miss her studio so bad and like us going to the shop and talking about just crap just talking about so much crap I miss that I miss talking about rubbish stuff with people and um so it's difficult doing the zoom rights because 
you just it's not the same as vibing off each other in the room and I miss her so much I'm so soppy is that what happened with Friday the 13th then that sort of process that that was we wrote that on a Friday the 13th and everything went wrong for both of us on that day getting there my train was late there was like three car crashes when she picked me up from the train station back to her house there was a lorry on its side and so we were really late starting and then the thing that she hates when I tell this story, but it's on like every press release as well. <laughs> she was sorting out all the cables and a cactus fell off the shelf and it landed on her forehead. And she had all of the, like, the, oh my like God. needles. And she went, fucking Friday the 13th. And I was like, we're writing a song called Friday the 13th today because too much has happened. And like, I'll never forget her getting <laughs> her tweezers and having to pull all of the needles. Like, I was trying so hard not to laugh because she was in loads of pain, but she had cactus needles in her head. Like, so I was sat there like, are you okay? <laughs> I, oh my like, God. She was so angry when that happened. And it's like, it's really difficult when someone's at that level of anger and you just find it hilarious and you don't want to piss yeah. them off when you was like, oh God, it was amazing. And I'm so like, that song, we wrote it so fast after that. Because then we started talking about like, so Friday the 13th is like really honest of um, how I am. Like mm-hmm. it's, things could be amazing, but I'm like, oh, it's going to go wrong. I'm, I'm always waiting for that thing to go wrong. And I'm really superstitious and yeah. just weird about stuff. And I was telling her all about that. And then I was looking up like superstitions on on my phone and stuff. And um, like the first verse, she was just playing piano, just like we're just, she was mm. kind of tinkering away. And it literally had like lists of like all these superstitions and it said like beginner's luck and then it said um find a penny pick it up and we literally read it at the same time and it just like burst out of us and we were so excited and like we wrote that in like an hour but it was a traumatic day for her with the (laughs) cactus needles i believe if it's too good to be true then you'll be sure to leave my superstition shoulders like one two three totally know what you mean though it's so annoying when everything's going well and you just still have that thing in your tummy that's like yeah it's so horrible i have it for the most ridiculous things as well like this is going to sound mental i'm very well aware that this is mental so if something bad happened while i was watching a certain tv show like in my family or whatever with 20 of my friends i can't watch that show again because in my mind i like that's yeah, why it, it happened which it. I know is ridiculous but like my dad got really ill and I got the phone call while I was watching uh white chicks and I've never been able to oh, watch no. white chicks since. and I know that's mental and it's nothing to do with white chicks but that's how my mind works like this is why it's happening and like I'm so superstitious with stuff like that sorry my dog's barking you can probably hear my dog barking downstairs oh don't worry I um I salute magpies so you can't get weirder than that I do that. Oh, I'm so glad to meet someone else that does that. Because whenever I'm like, oh, people are like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, because you always salute a magpie. Have you ever it's tried bad to do luck it like if you really don't. Dis- discreetly? Like if you're with someone that you don't like, yeah, I, do, I kind of make it look like... like I'm like itching. Yeah, exactly. Make it look like I'm itching my head. <laughs> I'm so glad that I've met someone that's the same because all my friends are like, why, why do you do that? And so it's not got. Yeah, it's got to the point where I'm like, oh, who's yeah. It's like, where's the fucking other one, for God's sake? I want some joy. Yeah, yeah. what is it? One for sorrow, two for joy. See, yeah. you know. You get I know, it. I get it. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's quite a common thing, unfortunately, of like when things are when things are really good and just waiting for something yeah. bad to happen and being It's just of... like, it's self-destructive, but I'm aware it that it's happening. So it's kind of like, other people must do this as well, yep. hopefully. It's not just me. No, <laughs> and hope. that's good, and that's what makes the song so relatable. I really like finding out that people had like loads of fun when they write their stuff as well because I think you can tell that when you listen to it and then that's a real nice side effect what is what's next for you then I mean I know it's a very difficult time to know I have a headline show booked for November and I'm just keeping everything crossed so that's at the O2 Academy in Islington and it's supposed to be in June and uh it's supposed to be in 11 days actually so it makes me sad like coming up to the date um And I'm just keeping everything crossed that that's going to happen because I can't wait for the feeling of being scared to go on stage again. I can't wait to see all these people that I've been talking to 
Um, so at the moment, I'm like all I can do is write and release and try and connect with people. So I'm trying to just do what I can control and not panic about what I can't control. Like I've got the gig booked in. I really yeah. hope it happens. But if it can't, it's not my fault. I'm releasing more than I thought I was going to this year because basically I've got this thing in my head of like I need to stay on people's minds <laughs> so I'm gonna keep releasing and I've got all these songs that I love so like why not I've got the time yeah. to like Definitely. focus on it and stuff so I'm enjoying putting plans together for that and so yeah just kind of focusing on what I can control trying to enjoy the process I loved making this playlist. I, I make playlists for my Spotify all the time, but it's kind of like, oh, these are songs that I'm listening to at the moment. And making a playlist with, like, the thought in mind of something that has, like, directed you in your career one way or, like, gives you this memory. It was so fun thinking, like, oh, what songs do give me lovely memories? And putting it all together was... It was really lovely. It was kind of like... It took my mind off of everything that was going on and everything, like, pre-corona... Yeah. which is really lovely distraction so thanks for oh, having man, this segment because so it's awesome <laughs> I'm so glad that you um that you enjoyed it that I mean that's what I found making mine it's like a lovely time to kind of be quite sentimental actually and yeah and really look back and just be like oh I've actually listening so to music I haven't times. listened to yeah. in ages and that wouldn't be if this wasn't going on as well yeah and so. then you you also like I mean as a musician I'm sure you already do appreciate but like you really notice the kind of gravity that music has on your life in the sense of like how tied it is to those moments and how special so it is. So much. Like the memories from so long ago and they're still like, I remember I was when I heard that song because yeah. it meant something at that time. I think that's so powerful and really exciting. And yeah. the thought that like it would be really cool if one of my songs was that for someone at some point. Like that I'm sure it is already. Day. I'm sure it is. I hope so. And not just yeah. my mum or something. <laughs> so if you want to pick one first. I'm going to go with the first one that's on my list, which is So Young by The Cause. Because Such a tune. I love it. I, lo- I listened to, like, when I was doing the playlist, I listened to so much of The Cause because I was like, oh, my God, they're so good. <laughs> this is, like, the first memory I have of listening to music because my dad loves The Cause and he would put the CD on in his car. And this is the one... Because I was, I was, like, really young and... I just remember singing the, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> with my dad. And that's the memory that I've got. It's so strong of, like, just me and him really singing in the car. And that's, like, I swear that's, like, the first song that I can remember ever listening to. So that that's one's amazing. really important to me because it's, like, for me and my dad, just listening to the chords yeah. in the car, driving along in his Volvo. <laughs> Without, like, CDs being a thing anymore, like, I wonder if this car car memory will actually be a thing anymore because but I guess obviously you can still listen to music in the car but you don't have that like constant repetition of the exactly. same CD going on again so I wonder yeah if like people it's all playlists I suppose now yeah. like people rarely will just listen to an album all the way through like we would listen to the cause and the Dixie Chicks all the way through <laughs> I would feel like I would like look out the window and feel like I was in a music video listening to the Dixie Chicks like getting all emotional like this song is so about me and I was like <laughs> nine <laughs> I'm so glad that you got me to do this because I haven't listened to the calls in ages and I was like this is so nice to sit and think about and listen to them and they're so good yeah they they're are really so good. good I actually you reminded me of them so thank you for that oh amazing <laughs> I feel like you might have already mentioned this because of the bro- the bro- your brother reference I was going to say all the small <laughs> things blink 182 yeah, the amount of times I've played that song. And the reason I chose this is because it was like, it was a significant thing for me. Of I love Blink-182, but playing that song over and over again, it was like, it was too much. He was obsessed with them. That and What's My Age Again. Oh my God, that <laughs> guitar lick, I must have heard 5,000 times. And um, so it was that song and like that time, I have, I have like lovely memories of playing with my brother, but then me being like, I want to do stuff myself. And like... Mm. That's what Blink wanted to remind me of, like, of me kind of realising that I want to do what I want to do, which is really cool. And every time I hear Blink wanted to, I think of my brother, which is a good thing. That, that <laughs> is really cool because it's like, you really like them, but you also, it's almost like 
they made you realise what you didn't want to do, in a way. Yes, exactly. I don't think I was made for pop punk. <laughs> it's just, I just, my brother and all his friends and my sis, older sister, because I'm the youngest, like, they would just listen to the, like, my music taste is all because of my older siblings and my parents. Uh, Billie Eilish, bury a friend, I'm going to pick, because I remember where I was when I first heard this song. So I was at the gym and it came on, it was like a recommended on my Spotify and I'd never heard of Billie Eilish before. I didn't know anything about her and I heard this song and it was so weird and cool. Mm. And then I, I was on the, I was on the squat machine and I was on there for so long because I kept, I was probably pissing everyone off. So I kept <laughs> listening to it over and over again. Because I just like, I was like, I've never heard anything like this that's pop. This is so weird and cool. And then it inspired me to like, I went home and looked her up and found out she was only 17 at the time, which I thought was nuts. Like, yeah, that's crazy. To have that sort of sound. And all this, she'd released so much stuff. And then looking her up on YouTube and just seeing this reaction that was the only thing I could compare it to was like the Beatles. And mm. I had never seen anything like it before because I obviously wasn't around when the Beatles were having all that going on. Yeah. And I just found it so inspiring that this teenager that's like not even 18 is doing whatever she wants with music and it's doing 100%. so well. And she was connecting with all those people. And it's like the first song in a long time where I remember exactly where I was listening to it and it having an impact on me of like... Mm. This 17-year-old has just inspired me that I can literally do whatever I want with my yeah. music. And I just think that's really cool. I think she's awesome. She's a complete anomaly in the music 100%. world. And that's so cool. Yeah, it's like the Billie Eilish effect, isn't it? There's been, like, as you said, it's quite unmatched, the kind of reaction that's happened to her. I've how never she's seen exploded. anything like it. But also, as you said, oh. it's like she has basically set her own agenda on how she wants to make her music. And yeah. I don't know whether it's the kind of the consequence of the fact that it was her and her brother that literally produced it in their room yeah. so it almost didn't have this kind of it's crazy like, hierarchy got, like, no influence f- yeah but... they have no fear with anything and, I, and that's what inspired me with it i just thought like if a yeah. 17 year old can be that brave with her music then i can really push the boundaries and try stuff with mine as well, well and yeah and it's afraid. like full-on proof that it's paid off and people respect that about her and people respect yeah. that kind of bravery to do something different so. yeah and she seems like a really nice person as well which is really nice she does <laughs> like she can do no wrong she's no. so she's really cool she doesn't care like what people think she's just doing her own thing and think like wow i wish i was like that when i was like 17 18 i know it's actually like when you realize her age you're like it's actually quite depressing you're like she's achieved so much <laughs> i know so i always think that every time i see like when they get like even tennis players and like 16 year old and i'm like oh my god they're at wimbledon and i'm sat at home like just eating popcorn like god why didn't my mum force me to do more <laughs> i know uh, we've got to talk about Truth Hurts, Lizzo. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's another one where she is so inspiring and on 100%. every single level. Yeah. And I love that, like, her story of her... Like, she was living in her car and stuff. Like, she was struggling so much and God. never gave up. And so Truth Hurts was the first song of hers that I heard. And I just thought it was so cool. And I was I love her voice. Like, yeah, so I'm just good. addicted to the sound of her voice. And I played it so many times in my car on, I'd had it on like the repeat thing on Spotify and um, she's so body positive and everything about her is amazing. She did a a live stream yesterday, obviously all of the protests going on with Black Lives Matter and like, I just think it's insanely brave and inspiring to use your platform in that way when you're you're so big and I just respect her so much and think she's incredible and I would love to meet her one day yeah you're so you're so right about it being on every level like it so is she's just such a fun amazing person yeah she doesn't give a shit and it's so refreshing i know i love it i i think she's amazing did you see her at the brits like when she interrupted that interview with harry styles and down yeah tequila, that glass yeah and, and yeah they and oh my god she's amazing and then they're like they ruined his gucci suit didn't they yeah I was watching that. I was watching that live at home, and I was like, "This is so good. amazing like, is to have the television. confidence to like basically interrupt Harry Styles' interview <laughs> and own it yourself." She's amazing, especially last summer. Yeah. She was like the soundtrack to last summer, and it's yeah. just like that album that you put on. When any you feel time, like crap. any time, any of my friends have been fucked over. I'm like, yeah. right, <laughs> truth hurts. Let's put it on. 
Let's pump ourselves up. hundred <laughs> percent. I'd literally just like, it would be like on a Monday morning on a commute into work and I'd just be like feeling like crap and I'd put on like juice or something and I'd be like on the yes. tube. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't so think good. I know anyone that doesn't like Lizzo. No. And her voice is insane. I know. Like she's incredible live. Her stamina is ridiculous. She's running around dancing so much and then she's freaking playing the flute like a boss as well. Like... <laughs> What is I know that? There's, no, there's nothing that she can't do, honestly. <laughs> if you had to pick just one song, which I know is like asking the impossible, what would you go for? I mean, I think it would probably be Bon Jovi for me, You Give Love a Bad Name, because that was the first song that I heard, and they like are the reason that I wanted to do music. Yeah. But, oh my God, but Taylor Swift as well. When I first heard Taylor Swift... Like, Teardrops on My Guitar was the first song I ever heard of hers because a boy at my school sent it to me. Oh, God. It would be it would, Bon Jovi or Taylor Swift because both of them have, like, helped shape me into what I do. Mm. But that is a tough one. That I mean, that Bon Jovi song is such a classic. It's so good. It's Everyone so good. knows it. I couldn't go for Living on a Prayer because that's too obvious, but <laughs> you give them a bad name. I just... I love everything about, like, 80s music. It's so unnecessarily out there and 100%. like I just love it it's so extra like they just went for it and their outfits are all crazy and it must have been fun do you have like country influences then just thinking because Taylor Swift is like early Taylor Swift is obviously quite country and then you're talking about Dixie Chicks I listened to the Dixie Chicks loads like it was always on when we we're on holiday in Devon for some reason we'd always just play the Dixie Chicks CD in the car. And I really liked that the songs told, like, full-on stories. And that's mm. how I felt with Taylor Swift as well. And that's definitely inspired me lyrically. Because um, I work really hard on my lyrics. I spend probably most of the time on lyrics. Because that's what I listen to first in a song. Above anything else. Like, that will decide whether I like a song or not. Is if I connect with yeah. what's being sung. And so the Dixie Chicks and Taylor Swift really inspired me with my lyric writing and wanting to tell a story and and for it to mean something to someone and not mm. just write like even if it's a story that didn't happen to me I want it to someone still needs to connect to it and I want it to be believable that it did do you know yeah. what I mean like I could write about someone else but I can still I can connect with a story that's happened to that person so I want to write it for them and cre- like create this thing that other people connect with and that's what I really got from the Dixie Chicks and Taylor Swift, I think they're incredible at doing that. They're such good storytellers. So definitely a country influence there, especially with my lyrics. That's interesting. So you, like, often write through empathy. Yeah, like, because there's only so many experiences one mm. person can have. And, like, if every song that an artist had written has all been about them, like, they've had an insane mm. life. Yeah. Like, there's some, <laughs> like, it must be, like, that they've taken inspiration from their friends or, like, mm. I love watching people and, and hearing, like, listening to people and I always write stuff down on my phone, um, like, if something sounds interesting that even a stranger, if they saw me doing it, how mental would that look? If they saw me write down what they'd said on the tube, they'd probably think I was a psycho. But, like, some people just say really cool stuff or they'll say something like, that sounds like a song lyric yeah. and I'm going to, like, take that and make it my own no that's Um, so interesting that's really like you're kind of watching the world and then making yeah and just making sense of it and like so only one is um like this big fuck you song to someone cheating and them finding out and it's so funny how that song came about is was me listening to radio one and they had this big segment called name the snake because they were like naming the snake in a zoo so they were getting all these people to ring in and tell them all these horrible stories of oh like what God, happened I think to them I heard this. yeah and it was a guy called scott so they named the, the snake scott and it was a girl who was going out with scott and then she found out that this other girl was also going out with Scott and they both got together to confront him at the same time. And I was like, that's incredible. Like, oh I've never God. had something like that happen to me, thank God, because I probably would have a mental breakdown. And that's what inspired that song. Because I was like, how can someone do that and live a double life? And that's what we wrote that song about. That was, um, yeah, like the first session I had with Katie. So I love hearing stuff and mm. like telling that story. And, like, with songwriting, you have, like, obviously creative license to just go crazy with it. And But as long as people, like, it's a real thing that people can relate to, I think that's really cool that you can just write stories. Yeah, that's and, like, so cool. Often, like, empathy can be, it can almost be a bit of a complicated personality trait. I, I found it anyway, because, like, it often can make you 
quite sad quite a lot of the time if you're too empathetic because you just yeah feel upset all the time by hearing yeah what's happening to other people yeah I I definitely I feel too much I think I get it from my granddad because like I was watching telly with him before all this happened and there was an advert on and it made me cry an advert I always cry and adverts. I looked over it I looked over at my granddad and he was crying and I was like this is where I get it from <laughs> you've done this to me so like any sad stories i hear if i see someone's face crying yeah. i my my face mimics theirs and i'm i'm like oh i'm so sorry that made you. No, so i love like being able to if someone's done something really dickish to my friend i'm gonna get to tell the story that's great and like it's really fun because most of the time the, those guys would have no idea yeah or, like and it's like one day i'm gonna be like that's about you so it's just it's really it's like really nice release like yeah exactly it's a cool release and also like when you do write about stuff that's really personal to you that is a a really like therapeutic thing Mm. to do and um i would recommend like even if people don't want to perform in front of people like and just do it as poetry it's amazing to write all that stuff down because it gets it all out and i would definitely recommend that 100 percent the only other thing I wanted to ask you was, is there any one that you think people should go and listen to while they're in lockdown? Oh, I've got super into Julia Michaels since lockdown. I'm like late on the Julia Michaels train because she is incredible. Her voice is absolutely insane. And um, I just been watching loads of YouTube videos of her and her writing is incredible. She, she does loads of writing for Selena Gomez and stuff. Like, oh, cool. And she does stuff for Justin Bieber and then she became an artist, um, which I'm really happy about because now I get to listen to her song. So she's on my list that song Hurt Again. It's a couple of years old, but really good. All of her stuff is super relatable and she's just really talented and her voice is like one of the best voices I've ever heard. Where can people find you? I'm Betsy Gold across like all my social media. It's nice and easy to find me. So if you type it in, my face will appear. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing, but... Thank you so much. I really appreciate you talking to me. Thank no, you. I love doing this. It's really nice to have like positive, fun stuff to do instead of sitting there being like, oh my God, it's yeah. just everything's overwhelming. Yeah. And it's nice to take the time to like focus on something really nice and positive. Thanks so much to Betsy. She's so lovely and super talented. So it was a real pleasure to have her on the last episode of this series. As always, you can find the link to Betsy's playlist in the episode description. So do your own have a listen to that. Do check out our website, vocalgirls.com, if you like the podcast. It's full of updates on everything music news, reviews, and our socials are at vocalgirlsclub on Instagram and Twitter. The music for this podcast is by my very, very talented friend, Joe Garside, and the design is by equally clever Jordan Smith. I'll be back at some point soon for series two, when hopefully I'll actually be able to speak to the artists in person rather than over a Zoom call. In the meantime, do take care and look after yourself. And thank you so much for listening.